Welcome to the You Need More Money podcast. I'm your host, Matt Monero, where I come to you each and every week from my studio in Dallas, Texas. I'm excited for every guest that comes on the podcast. And the reason for that is because I'm in a luxurious position that I pick the guests. So I get to invite whoever I want. And my reasoning is very simple. I want the guests to provide fantastic content and information in real talk for the audience. That's my number one criteria on this show. And then the second is, what's in it for me? How can I learn from my guests? So as you're learning, I'm learning. And my guest today is Jeremy Reed. Now, Jeremy and I had some scheduling issues a few different times, mostly our fault in our office, but he was gracious enough to stay with us till we could get him booked again. And I've, I've done 158 episodes now, and this by far was one of the most excited, epi most exciting episodes that I was looking forward to because Jeremy has done something that I want to do. He's transformed. He's transformed physically from one person that he was until his early 20s into a brand new person that he is now. And I did that in my business, and now I'm doing it in my body at 49 years old. I'm in the midst of this transition. This transformation is probably the better word. So Jeremy Reed, welcome to the You Need More Money podcast. Thank you so much, uh, so much Matt. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here, man. Dude, I want to talk about all of it because there is so much connected to to transforming to make us more money um, that as I'm going through this, I it's unbelievable for someone like myself who I thought I had it pretty well figured out how many new doors are beginning to open in my mind as I begin to really cleanse my body, drop weight, and build this new character. You refer to it, you have a three-step program in which you, I believe your, your, your number one step is action. Your second, which you kind of think is maybe the first, is the story. And then the third, I believe you call it the structure or the program. Well, I'm fascinated by this idea of developing a new story for yourself, a, a way that you can literally rebuild who you are and the deeper I get into this physical transformation, I realize that is the most important part of this thing. And I'm really sort of dealing with it. It's really weird, but I'm getting to the other side of it and getting a lot of pleasure. So let's just talk about it for a second and we'll get into the, the history, but I've watched so much of your content in preparation for the show. You were the fat kid. I was the fat kid. I was fat Matt. You wore the t-shirt in the pool. I wore the t-shirt in the pool. We hid food. We, we snuck food. We were embarrassed of ourselves and our eating habits. Our self-confidence was, was deeply affected. And then you changed in your early 20s, and I'm trying to change now at 49. Do we really need to change or can we just deal with it? Why do we have to go through the aggravation of transformation? Well, that's where the growth comes from. You know, there's a, there's, there's a, a, a growth that comes through the pain that happens by going through this transformation. And, and to clarify, the, the story is, in my opinion, the most important aspect of this, because if we don't know where we're going, 
how, how are we ever going to get there? Right. And so you're, you're hundred percent correct. And one of the first things I do with my clients is I have them, their homework for week one is I want them to go on this vision quest. I want them to imagine their life however they want it. What dream big, like don't limit yourself based on your current abilities or your current body or your current income or your current relationships. Dream big in one year, two years, 10 years, what do you want your life to look like? And we're not just talking about your physique, but what do you want your life to look like? And I want you to envision that at your end goal. But you were over 300 pounds. I, I haven't, in all the research I did, I didn't hear the actual peak number. So why don't you tell us how big you were? <laughs> big as hell. <laughs> uh, to be NFL honest, lineman big? Uh, yeah, well over 300 pounds. I, I didn't weigh myself back. Then. Nobody it's, weighs over 300. It's like, you, you're. What, what's there to gain from point? seven? What's the point? You know, I, I shopped in the big and tall section. <laughs> I, I, I wore, you know, double or triple XL just to hide. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I didn't weigh. And so when I hit my kind of rock bottom, you know, big turning it around point, um, I, I just simply forced myself into action. And it wasn't until I was already on my journey, probably... Yeah you know, weeks to a month in, yeah. I'd already seen results. Then I weighed myself and I was like, oh, 300. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so realistically, probably 330, 340, somewhere in there. So mine was 331. That was my peak. And you ended up losing how, over a hundred pounds? 130 documented pounds. That's incredible. But yeah. that was, so you got down below 200? 170 pounds at 510. Wow. No kidding. Yeah. So, Let's just talk about it because my goal, and, and some, some, some of our, our listeners and our audience are aware of this because I briefly talked about it, but I'm documenting the whole thing. My goal is 50 pounds by my 50th birthday, which is February 28th. Um, uh, and and so, um, so I will go from 315, which is the day that I started, down to 265. Now, you know, that might be easy for some people to understand, but some days when I look in the mirror, I think I look like Arnold Schwarzenegger when I look in the mirror now. <laughs> you know, and, and, and a lot of people, like my buddy Rick Sapio, my partner in business, Michigan, was like, I'd like to have that mirror, dude. Where's, you yeah, know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, are you kidding me, he says? I'm like, no, I'm serious, man. I don't see it anymore. I feel, I think, I feel good. He's like, dude, you're freaking huge. That's, that, you know what? It's this body dysmorphia thing is funny. And, and I've experienced both sides of the equation being um, 170 pounds, but still looking in the mirror and seeing a 300 pound body. Yeah. But at the, at the same time, then years later, I got into bodybuilding and I gained a lot of muscle and, and, and looking at myself in the mirror and again, thinking I'm Arnold, right? Or I'm bigger than Arnold. <laughs> and, then, and then seeing myself in a photo or a video and I'm like, oh, really? That's, that's the reality? <laughs> or you see Arnold at his peak, right? And you're like, yeah, yeah. oh my God, like, he was outrageous. Okay, no, I'm not. <laughs> so here's the thing that I think is so important because, um, you know, I, I pulled out all the stops, right? So I went to the nutritionist. I had the chef, they bring me my food on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays right to my front doorstep. Um, and then I had the trainer. But I reached out to a friend of mine who, I reached out to a number of my buddies who are all in great shape. My, my requirement of finding a mentor or a coach is they, they must have achieved what I'm looking to achieve. So I go to my guys that are in the best shape. I went to my buddy Jamie Wade and I said, I'm looking for a new trainer. Who would you recommend? He replies and says, I have to ask you a question. Are you looking to lose weight? Or are you looking to transform? 
And I said, I'm looking to transform. He said, there's only one guy. And he gives me the name of this guy. And he says, this guy's not going to pay you much mind for the first month or so um, because he doesn't know whether you're going to stick it out. He doesn't know whether you really want to transform. Mm -hmm. And doggone it, wouldn't you know, at the third workout, I get there at 6 a.m., Right as I walk to the door, the guy sends me a text. He must have had the girl at the front desk say, hey, look out for Monero. And when he comes in, text me. And he texts me and he says, I want you to get on the elliptical machine and don't get off till I get there. Huh. Now, that's the kind of shit that motivates me, man. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> I'm not going to have him come on and see me on there for five minutes. I didn't even get off for water, dude. I just stayed on it, right? Two weeks in, he started to pay me some mind. And I started to say, okay, now we can be a team. Now, I'm not proving anymore that I'm worthy of this guy's attention. Now I can trust him, and he can trust me that I'm committed, and now we can really do this thing. And most of the stuff we talk about during our workouts is this new character, this storyline. When I say character, I'm not talking moral, as you know. I just want the audience for clarity. I'm not talking about moralistically your character. I'm talking about this image this visualization. And dude, I have always been pretty happy with my stature in life, but I was still fat. Mm. Still am fat. But, but I didn't want to be fat anymore. You know, one of the things that I've experienced and I've had clients all over the world experience is it, through a transformation, it's not just their body. In fact, most of them will tell you, myself included, that it's the transformation that happened to our mind to our, you know, to ourself, to our outlook of our potential and our power, um, our abilities that is absolutely unbelievable. And the stuff that we achieve after having a physical transformation is stuff that we never could have imagined doing when we were overweight. Now, I, I look at you and your success in business, and in all honesty, m tremendous respect for you and what you've done. And I go, just wait, because the best is yet to come. When you, <laughs> when you transform, your business is going to explode. And that has nothing to do with the fact that your own, your own self-image and confidence in your abilities from having lost 100-some-odd pounds. I mean, you, you need to lose over 100 pounds. So for you to, when you, get, when you do that, you are going to be filled with so much confidence. And, and I guess confidence is the right word, but your your uh, ability, your your self worth, and your your value of self is so going to be so high that your business will explode. You will be motivating people underneath you in a way that you never could have before, and things will take off. I guarantee it. Mark my word. Well, I appreciate your support in that, and you in you saying that. I think what I'm hoping for is that I have the grit to stick it out because, uh, you know, we're, we're still in the early phases of this, dude. The, you know, the plateau is going to come, all that stuff, right? But, but I hope that I can transform to be a kinder person because I, and, I, and I've done that in the business from management style over the last couple of years. We called it the torch. Everybody knows that. But I used to, I used to manage and lead with an iron fist, and I never, ever want to go back to that. And I think that humility might go to a whole new level as I, as I do this physical transformation. But what do you see in humility? Because yeah. couldn't it go the other way where the guy gets such in great shape and now he's like, well, you know, I'm going to sleep around now because women want me and, 
and you know, I'm, people are going to look at me when I walk in the door as the stud and not the fat guy? You know what's funny is I, I think that uh, as, as much as there is a potential for that, the people that I've personally worked with and all of my network of people that I know that have lost tremendous amounts of weight, we tend to be the humble, the caring, the mm. empathetic, mm. right? And, and it leads to this um, very strong but empathetic leadership. You are no longer the iron fist. You're in the trenches with them. You are fighting with them. You, and you are a very, very powerful, confident leader, but not one out of fear, one out of character and, and morals and passion in what you're doing. That's what I've seen more often than the dude that all of a sudden now is like puffing his chest out and trying to you know, hook up with chicks. Like the possibilities there. That's yeah, the guy that was always good with chicks, probably. Right. right? Yeah. <laughs> but more often than not, what I've seen is this this uh, gentle passion, empath empathy that comes through in this transformation. And I can say that about myself too. You had you had a, a guest on not long ago that was a fitness professional, and he is a very military esque leader. He's straight to the point, very in your face. He even said to you, "You're fat as." F obese, yeah. you know? he said. And and just he said, listen, I'm you know, I'm not gonna baby you, I'm not gonna whatever, I'm not and and I'm listening to this and just shaking my head. And I looked up the guy and, and he's never had a weight problem in his life. I mean, his body type isn't even the kind that could get fat. And so he doesn't understand this complete different life that many of us share. And and guaranteed you you look in his life and he's got his issues too. For he's sure. got right, we all do. But for people that you know, and have over hundred pounds to lose. We obviously have a, a food relationship issue. We've turned to food in times of stress in times of joy in times of sadness in times of loneliness. And that also needs to be the core of what we work on. You can have a trainer train you in the gym. You can have a chef make your food, but you know what? When it's 11 o'clock at night, you got in a fight with your wife, she stormed out and you are pissed off. Who's going to be there to stop yeah. you from raiding the pantry? But, but that's in your in your terminology and in your teaching and your coaching programs, willpower runs out. I've heard you say that. So 100%. what is it that holds us to the structure and the program in that moment if it isn't willpower? What is it? Well, there's two things. One, and that's where the vision process comes in. We have to know why we're doing this and why it's important. So that even in the rough times, we are working towards something that is almost in a, in a way bigger than ourselves. We're going after something very, very important that we have emotional backing to. So that even when we're pissed off, we're still like, oh, but I'm on a bigger mission. That's, that's part one. Part two is realistically, in times of heightened emotion, we do have to have some way to cope with that. We have to have something. And so we need to put alternative distraction or coping methods in place so that when we are in this emotional state where we normally would have gone and, and called up Domino's to deliver three pizzas to the house, now we're doing something else that's not self-destructive. And so I work very early on with my clients to have these game plans in place for when that happens. Now, is it 100% effective 100% of the time? No, but that's why they call it a journey. And so it, it gets better and better and better. And pretty soon when I had, I took a client that was binging most of the nights of the week and by one month in, they're down to two nights a week. And by six you know, months in, there's no binging. It, they've lost a tremendous amount of weight and they're a completely different person. So I'd like your commentary on this, Jeremy, because um, you know, in, in business, I'm a very uh, high ethic, high moral guy, 
right? I don't screw employees, I don't screw vendors, I don't screw customers, and I never have, probably to a detriment of my own. But boy, when it comes to me, man, I screw myself over all the time. Yeah, and, it. and when I when I started writing in the journal, it started on day one, I went to McDonald's the very first day. And in the journal, I wrote cheeseburger, but I left off the fries in the journal. But I ate the fries. Yeah. And, and that disappointed me so much that in huge letters, and if I had the journal with me, I'd show it to you, but in huge letters, I say, I, I, I wrote, I, will re I refuse to lie to myself. And from that moment on, every morsel of food that I've taken in has gone in that journal. And that has helped me stop, you know, taking a, an Oreo because I'm, I committed to writing it down in the journal. But that level of depth of honesty is one of the things that I've really started to enjoy about this process. It's filtering in other areas. 100%. And, and in my teachings, you, you've touched on two points. One, you decided to take total ownership over your life, total ownership over your decisions. That's what you did. That first day, you lied to yourself, right? And then you said, I'm not going to do that anymore. <laughs> I am going to take total ownership over what I choose to put in my mouth, even if that means, damn it, that hurts to log 2,000 calories in Oreos. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to do it. I'm going to own up to it. The second thing that you're talking about here, in, at least in my coaching and philosophy and what I push out there, is core values. Now, you, you started off by saying you have amazing ethics in work and business and, and how you treat employees and customers and all that stuff, which I have no doubt. We all, usually most of us, have great core values and morals when it comes to how we represent ourselves to the outside world, yeah. right? You don't go down the street beating people. You don't rip people off, neither do I. We're good people in society. We contribute, we love, we share, but not most people never take the time to determine what their core values are for their self, yeah. how they wanna treat themselves, how they wanna look at themselves, how they wanna talk to themselves when they look in the mirror. We, most of us are our own worst enemy. We look in the mirror and we say things that we wouldn't say to anyone yeah. in the outside world. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so it's taking the time to create the core values. What, what's important to you in what you put in your body or how you move your body or what sort of language you use when you talk to yourself? Dude, I'm a freakazoid for core values and mission statement. I mean, it's what, it's what we're all about here and especially in, in, in our uh, seminar business at Business Finishing School. Um, and even so, in my personal life, my number one core value was to be a better father to my three boys than my dad was to me. It drives a lot of my behavior. But guess what? One of those habits and rituals towards that was dinner night with my boys, go to the movies, bury the carton of popcorn and sodas and candies and all that sort of stuff, almost overindulging in food as an activity. Yeah. And that, that scratch in the record has to go away because... Yeah. That, that habit, that storyline has to change. And that's, that's a little bit weird. My boy's like, hey, Dad, let's go to dinner. And I'm like, I, I, don't know. I, don't, I don't know, guys. Please, let me just eat my food, man. Can we just eat right here, please? I just need my food. Don't. So, so how, how are people doing with that when, when they may be st structured in their core values, but it's not in activity or in diet? Yeah. Well, you, you just have to replace what you're doing. And, and what you're talking about, and it's a great example, is you want to spend quality time with your boys or with your children, but you, you've you chosen to make it food-centered up until now. And now it's like, oh, we can't, we, we can't make it food-centered, so what do we do? Well, 
it's it's you got to come up with something else go bowling go mini golf go shoot guns that's what we started to guns. do we go shoot guns get, in, get into drone flying i don't know do something right making an activity that you still spend quality time with your your children raise them right with morals and love and guidance you just don't have to shove food down your throat doing it it's not rocket science but it's it's different from what we're used to and so it takes us going I'm no longer going to accept that this is the way it has to be done. I'm going to be open to doing it a different way while still accomplishing what you really meant to accomplish, which was creating a great relationship with your children. Yes, totally. But yet, guess what? Food dominated that. And right. when I'm removing that, I'm actually getting that relationship that I was searching for in the first place through the Correct. core value. Yeah. I do want to touch on, because I think a lot of entrepreneurs, which is our audience and business owners, are um, completely out of whack when it comes to diet and weight um, and activity and all that sort of stuff. And I'd like to just touch for a minute on um, something that I'm becoming a, a tremendous believer of, which is that um, sugar, particularly processed sugar and even processed carbohydrates, are far more detrimental to us than any of us really believe. And I'd like to get your commentary on that. Do you really believe in this argument that, you know, that sugar is, is as addictive as a drug and that, and that our bodies are literally so out of whack because, because of, of how much sugar we ingest? A hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. And, and I see it every single day with, talking with people who, who write me online or new clients that come aboard, it is so rampant and we don't even realize it. This generation, the previous generation, we were raised on processed foods. That's just how it is. I mean, the, the rise of McDonald's and 7-Elevens and, and fast food and, and comfort food and convenient food made it so that a, a large majority of what people are picking up is out of convenience, especially entrepreneurs, because we have ourselves convinced that we don't have the time to eat healthy, that we've got to grab the quick thing. And what happens is we are ruining our body. And more importantly, in my opinion, we are killing our ability to function mentally at the level of which we could. Mm. And yes, it is a huge, huge thing. And if I could say for any of the, any of the listeners right now, you want to increase productivity, change your food, make it your mission this next week. Let's not focus on the rest of your life. Just this next week, make it your mission to not have a single processed item. You were eating real whole foods. If it didn't have a root or a mommy at one point, it doesn't go in your body this next week. And you you come and hit me up at Jeremy Reed Fitness and you tell me how you're feeling a week from now. Dude, we are brainwashed. I mean, uh, you know, in, in the town that I live in, uh, a lot of the moms don't work. And so they're always, you know, picking up their kids and doing the whole. And, and that Chick-fil-A drive-through is just packed. And the moms yeah. think they're doing a great job for their kids. I wouldn't take it to McDonald's. We'll go right. to Chick-fil-A and get chicken. <laughs> it's, okay. it's absolutely incredible how branding and marketing has us brainwashed in, in the food industry completely. We, you know, we are now eating a way that our bodies are not meant to eat. Yeah. And I don't, I, yes, sugar, direct sugar, you know, high fructose corn syrup, table sugar, all that stuff. But you hit the nail on the head. It's, it's bigger than that. It's processed carbohydrates. Because what happens is when you take a thing that used to be a whole food item, like an, a grain of oats, oatmeal, that used to be a whole grain, and now you pulverize it into a flour, well, guess what? That pulverizing is, is three quarters of the digestion process in your body. You've now removed our body's need to digest it, 
So it, all the same effects that table sugar happen now happens with that healthy oatmeal, oat flour cookie or gluten-free this. If it's processed, it's responding in our body completely different than nature or God meant for it to do. And the repercussions are diabetes on the rise, health disease on the rise, mental health on the rise. Like, it's crazy. So let's go a little bit further on that because I think it's, I think people really need to understand this. And dude, I, look, I consider myself a pretty smart guy and I think most people do too. I didn't know squat about this, but basically what you're saying is when, when, when you've removed any sort of nutrient from it, it, it immediately converts into the body as glycogen, which then immediately spikes insulin to combat the glycogen. And now we have this incredible inflammation. And maybe, you look, you're the expert at Jeremy Reed Fitness. So just, did I describe that properly? Well, it's technically glucose, not glycogen. Okay, glycogen, glucose, gotcha. glycogen is what it, it essentially gets transformed into when it gets stored into the muscle and the liver. But yes, our, our body uh, digests it incredibly quickly, much quicker than it should, which has this incredible spike in blood glucose levels, higher than our bodies are, should get, because let's face it, we're eating something that our nature didn't make, we made. <laughs> and so the effects on our body are artificial. And, and so we're taking all these levels at much higher than our bodies are, are capable of doing with high blood sugar levels, high blood glucose levels. We have very like memory problems, uh, focus problems, long-term effects can happen by high blood sugar. The result of that is our pancreas then is blasting insulin at a rate that it's not meant to, <laughs> to put out. Mm. And over time, if you're getting bigger, like if you're gaining fat through this process as well, you're becoming more and more insulin resistant. So your pancreas is working two times, three times, 10 times, 20 times as hard as it should. Mm. And because of the resistance, your blood sugar levels are staying elevated for two times, five times, 10 times longer than they should, which increases fat storage. It increases all the negative effects that it's having on our body, on our brain, on our everything. And it's just a snowball effect. And so what we've taken is we've taken something that yeah, if you ate it every once in a while as a treat, no big deal. But when it's become a staple in your breakfast, your lunch, your dinner, your snacks, your after dinner desserts, your coffees, your your you are your body is having to fight just to be in yeah. a in what would be a semi-normal state. And then you question, why am I gaining weight so so uh, you know so fast? Why am I depressed? Why am I having such a hard time concentrating at work? Why am I so irritable? Like, why am I lethargic? Why am I tired even after I got eight hours of sleep? I mean, the answer is in how you're treating yourself. <laughs> you can tell I'm passionate about this. I'm sorry. Dude, I got it, though. But, I mean, look, I always relate it back to business in a lot of ways. It's the, really the same thing. I mean, it's – I think they're incredibly related, you know. This, oh, 100%. What you do in business is very similar to what you should be doing in your yes. body transformation, right? I mean, it's – it's blocking and tackling, it's doing the right stuff day in and day out, it's learning, it's training, it's taking action. I mean, so much of it is consistency. So yeah. much of it is so connected. Yeah. But, but you know, uh, I, I just look around now and I see people in so much pain, and I'm not talking emotional pain, I'm literally talking physical pain. They get up and they go, oh, right? Uh, or, or they walk with a, you know, with a hunched over and they just look in pain all the time. And that inflammation for me, because I was that guy, yep. has totally gone away from me. And now I'm on a, I'm on a uh, high fat, low carbohydrate, ketogenic primarily um, 
type of eating program right now. And that, that inflammation has gone to zero for me. It's unbelievable because I was a guy that was like, is this the way it's going to be forever now? Like, oh, I guess I'm getting close to 50. This is it. Dude, I jump around now. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely amazing. And I, I have literally every single one of my clients experiences the same thing and because although I have them eating carbohydrates, um, it's a very anti-inflammatory style diet. And, and so for most of them, if they're ready, I'll put them on it. If not, then we kind of small steps, baby steps to get there. But uh, but once they get there, the same thing happens. The the knee pain that's bothered them since college when and and that happened to correlate with when they hit 300 pounds or whatever. You know, <laughs> and, and the knee pain they've had for 10 years, 20 years, the the lower back pain, yes. the, the tightness in their chest. Yeah. It's not because they lost 100 pounds already. It's because their body is so not inflamed anymore totally. that they feel like 20 years younger. Yes, it's so true. If you're listening. And you're you're experiencing some of that that just overall lethargicness, that pain. Absolutely, do what Jeremy's talking about, and look at your diet for a week, and yeah. see it. I wanna I wanna just move into this element of of your teachings and your coachings, Jeremy, because I think it's so spot on. We have to understand that this transformation is not an overnight thing, that it really doesn't have a shot at happening if we have these two grandiose expectations. And one of the things my, tr my trainer said to me recently was, he said, you know, I, I gotta give you some bad news. And I said, what's that? He says, well, we're gonna lose the 50 pounds. There's no doubt about that. He says, but when you lose that 50 pounds, you're not gonna look as good as you think you're gonna look. Right. He's like, he's like the person you think you're gonna look like, that's years. Yeah. And he's like, I just, I just want, I'm going to break it to you right now, buddy, because I don't want you to be heartbroken at 265 that you're not shredded, you know, and you're not, you're not 22 <laughs> inches on the biceps and all that stuff. Yeah. And that's so, that's so correct. And how I, how I tackle this in my kind of teachings or philosophy is a couple ways. First of all, so many of us, especially when it comes to our health or weight loss attempts, we have this black, white pass fail on off type mentality where if, if you're not 100% perfect, then you might as well be buried under a mile of pizza and eating your way to the top. Like it's, you, we have to get this out of our head that, that we are perfect because none of us are perfect. So just because we are going to fail does not make us failures, if that makes sense. Sure. And so understanding that, you, yeah, you're, you're going to give in to temptation once in a while, but you can't just throw in the towel, fall off the wagon. You got to get right back on and take two steps forward. That's step number one. The second thing is truly understanding that this whole eating right and exercising thing, this isn't punishment because we were over 300 pounds. This is simply how we should be living <laughs> as humans. Like no matter what your waist size is, this is how we should be living. And you know what? The positive repercussions for living that way is weight loss, is yeah. feeling better, is better health. Like this isn't punishment. Dude, we have to come to grips with the fact that, you know, we've already, we've filled our, our cheesecake quotient for a lifetime at 300 pounds, man. That's I right. mean, really, we, we've done, we've, we've gorged and just taken it to an extreme, man. You just got to come to grips with it. Yeah. And that's that total ownership that I talk about. It's, it is truly, it's taken complete total ownership over where you're at, how you got there, right? We can all, and I, listen, I hear every story in the book. I'm sure. I was molested or abused as a child. Yep. I was raped in college. I went through a bad divorce. I lost my dream job. I've heard it all. My wife left me. 
Right. And that's the reason why I gained so much weight and got to, no, you gained so much weight because you didn't deal with the trauma, the abuse. We've all experienced trauma and abuse. Every single one of us, we've got something that we could complain about, mm. right? Mm. But it's until we take ownership over our actions and behaviors that we can go, okay, listen, yeah, I got a hand dealt to me that maybe, you know, it's, it's hard, it's bad. I went through some tough times, but I'm gonna deal with that. I'm gonna let myself feel that. And I'm not gonna just bury myself in food to try to cover it up or make myself feel better. I'm gonna actually work on myself. I'm gonna take ownership over my behaviors, over my thoughts, over my patterns. That's what this is about. Over, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tap my potential. Yeah. And my potential requires me to be um, a different physical specimen. And I think that's, I'm, I'm, I'm using me as me, but I'm referencing anyone else in this process as well, that, that uh, I, I do believe there is, the, the outside is a reflection to the health of your inside. 100%. And, and something commonly that I'll say that can't, it, it can be motivating for some and confusing to others, but if they're ready, I'll go, listen, you know, in your vision process, you, you envisioned yourself and you were making six figures and you were frolicking on the beach with your, you know, this, this woman <laughs> and you, you dressed a certain way, right? You weren't slobby. You did your hair. You, you were, you were well-kept. You, you, you went in suits to work. I said, I want you to wake up tomorrow living that guy's life. Mm -hmm. I know you're not there yet. You haven't lost the weight yet, but I want you to steal his mindset steal his habits, steal his behaviors, and you put that into play tomorrow. Yeah. If, if in a year or two years from now, you want to be respected, you want to be well-dressed, then you go out and you, you buy the cheap suit because that's all you can afford right now. But you get that cheap suit and that's what you're wearing tomorrow to work. If, if you no longer want to be the iron fist asshole, then you go in tomorrow and you be the empathetic, nice guy. Mm -hmm. If you want to be the leader, be a leader, right? Yeah. Like start living that life that that guy, the guy you want to be, is living a year from now, two years from now. Yeah, so, you know, what we're talking about here is really, you know, the diet starts on Monday BS, you know? I mean, the diet, that, that person usually doesn't hold the diet, you know? Right. And, and people, t people think that decisions are so difficult, and, and it's really not. Decisions happen in an instant. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think it's important to hear your positioning on people's excuses, because you've heard them all. And you remember the old Sir Mix-a-Lot song, um, I Like Big Butts and I Cannot Lie? Well, Billy, yeah. Billy and I are working on a video here where we're doing our version of it. And it says, um, I don't like big butts and I cannot lie. Your excuses <laughs> no longer fly. And then we're going to go into a whole thing on it and turn it I into a video. It. <laughs> so how do we deal with these excuses, man? Because, because when, when and what is the proper way to say to somebody, enough is enough. I'm, I'm the guy you can't bullshit. Yeah. First of all, I tell them you got to slow down. You got to slow down because a lot of your life is driven off of emotion and habit. You're, you're behaving certain ways without even thinking about it. And so, and, and again, I try to not do anything that's super long-term. Like I don't want them to think like, oh my God, I got to do this for the next month or two or three, which they will, but it's easier for us to say, listen, for the next, for this week, until we talk again, mm -hmm. I want you to focus on this. This is your homework for the week. And this is it. It's consciousness. I want you to be present with yourself and your thoughts. Because a lot of times we buy into our bullshit, 
because that's the story we've fed ourselves. We, we just live it. We believe it. Oh, I, I am the abused. I am the hurt. I'm the shy one. I'm the whatever. Or I'm the fat guy life of the party. And, and, and you will bring yourself back there until you change that story. You will, you will come, you will, uh, what do they call it? Self-fulfilling, yeah. <laughs> self-fulfilling problem, right? If that's your story in your head, even if you lose weight, you're going to gain it back because that's how you view yourself and you will self-sabotage without even realizing. But the point is getting conscious. What am I feeling? What am I doing? Every, you know, especially when food's around, right? If, if I walked you into a room and there was a Bengal tiger chained up in the corner, staring at you, you'd be pretty present and aware, wouldn't you? You'd be very aware there's a tiger in the corner of the room. We have to understand that when we have used food as a drug, the, the food in the room needs to be that Bengal tiger. And I'm not saying be afraid of it because food's not the issue, but we have to be present. We have to be aware of what we're doing. We have to be aware of the decisions we're making. Have the conversations in your head. Why am I doing this? What's the purpose? Does this align with the vision that I have for my life? If you start to just take the 10 seconds, five seconds that it takes to ask yourself these legitimate questions, a lot of times it's easy to then pass on the cake at work or the, the, the donuts that, that's offered to you. It's okay to, to say, okay, you know, I'll, I'll skip the fries tonight or whatever, because we're conscious. If we're not thinking about it, we will always do things the way we've done them. Small incremental examples of discipline have tremendous impact on our consciousness and our ability to be present. It's unbelievable to me how present I can get if I push. I went to a, th a dinner last night and uh, right in front of me, as soon as I sat down, was the sourdough uh, roll with the butter. Now, but I would have buried 10 of them and I would have said, are you gonna eat that roll? And I would have doused it. And I, I, in a power move, subconscious power move, I pushed it away and then I asked the waiter, would you please remove that? And yep. I did it as polite and nice as I could because there's an element of me that would have been like, get that shit away from me, you know, because I'm afraid of it. But, but it, was a, it was a power move for me to go all the way and say, I'm in control of you, I'm in control of you, I'm in control of you. And then would you be kind enough and just remove that from the situation so I don't have to look at it and be tested anymore? Right. Amazing how powerful that can be, huh? It's unbelievable what a small movement like that. And I was pretty much good for the rest of it, where I was gonna push the rest of the food, the cream sauce and all that other stuff away. I was pretty well done. I had my power move, my discipline was reinforced. Yeah, yeah. You know? People look at some of this stuff or, they, or sometimes don't even think about it. Like this is foreign language for a lot of people. They have to have a coach tell them this kind of stuff. <laughs> but, but, but amazing how this can completely, I wanna say transform, but help our own transformation give us that sense of control and power in our life even before we've gotten to the the abs and the you know the, the chiseled body when we're still in our journey we can feel completely in control by taking ownership in those times and making power moves putting our foot down and going this isn't serving me can you please get it out of my sight? You know, like, yeah. hey, I'm not going to be a dick about it. I'm not going to throw it across yeah. the room, but yeah. I, I just, I need this away right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I was with one of my buddies who's always struggling with his rate, um, his weight. And I'm like, you're going to want my role, aren't you, pal? Should I really let him take it? You know, and I bust in his balls too. But, um, but I think all of it, those, those elements of discipline are, are how to bring this full circle and how it relates to money and work and all that sort of stuff is that level of discipline it doesn't just stop there. It exudes, it encompasses everything, maybe some faster than others, but eventually that discipline and the vision is what you become over the period of time. 
and it almost squeezes out that other element. I was going to call it weakness. I don't want to call it weakness, but that, that other version just doesn't have as much air to breathe anymore. 100%. Mm. Yeah. And there's so much, like just the, 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 everything we listed, right? There's so much parallel between taking care of ourselves and taking care and growing a business. So many parallels. And the, the, the lessons that you've learned in your years or decades of, of business ownership and building a business, you are, go, you are using currently today in your transformation. You know, there was a time where business was scary and you didn't know what you were doing and you were, everything was new and you had to step in in faith that the end result was going to be worth it. And, yeah. you know, I'm not going to go back and get that corporate job. I'm going to stay and I'm going to work this thing and I'm going to build it. And that's the same thing. I mean, we, we want to go back to comfort. Even if comfort is 350 pounds, so many of us want to go back there because it's safe. And even though it's going to kill us, <laughs> yeah. it's not as scary as stepping into the unknown and, and the fear of working hard and pain. And, and, and so it's trusting the process and believing in yourself and staying consistent. I think it's important for people to realize, and I'd like to just finish on your specific story, but I think it's important for people to realize that um, it may not work the first time you make the decision. Like, for example, uh, that uh, podcast episode you were referencing, um, I had had so many starts and stops before that. Dude, that's not my first trainer. A guy, I used to have a guy come to my house every day, four days a week, and I'd work out. But mm -hmm. I would lie to myself and eat like a pig, and then I'd lie to him. And eventually it changed our relationship because I, he, he was a smart guy. He's like, dude, you're working out hard. How can you not be losing weight? You're eating like a pig and you're telling me you're not. Come on, man. Who's bullshitting who? Right? Yeah. And then even after that interview, that was an igniting for me to get serious about it again. But that was a start and stop. And so there's a fear of mine that if I don't transform and really understand what we're talking about in transformation, that I won't, I won't pull this one off. There has to be a new vision of what I can look like and what I can feel like to pull this off for me. Would you agree with that? A hundred percent. Yes. Yes. It ha it, it, you have to create that vision in your head. You have to, to want it. You got to put emotion behind it. So how right? did you do it, man? I mean, I mean, how did you draw the line in the sand that said, Jeremy Reed is not going to be this storyline anymore? I, I, and just to kind of get people up to speed, I was uh, 23 years old, 24 years old. <clears throat> I was a father of two. Uh, I was working multiple jobs and food. If it wasn't working, food was everything. You know, I was, <laughs> I was thought smoking, about it all the time. Right. I was smoking two packs a day. No kidding. I was eating, I was eating literally anything I wanted and, you know, drinking over a 12 pack of Mountain Dew a day. Mm. I was uh, drinking myself to sleep every night. Drinking and, as an alcohol or uh -huh. wow. Yeah. And, and woke up one day and looked at myself and my life and my habits and how I felt. I should not feel that bad at 23 years old, right? That, that's just ridiculous. And I woke up and, and realized I, as a human, deserved better than how I was living. Like, and, and when, when you truly believe that, not when you're just kind of like, <laughs> I, should, I should fix this or I should turn it around. No, I was like, I deserve better than this. Like I've been abusing myself. I, I need, I, I need to be better. Like I have must, when you get to that level, your standards of living raise. Mm. And when your standards raise, you won't live below your standards. Mm. You won't. And so I'm in no way saying it was easy because it's not, but there was such a deep desire that the things that now I preach and, and teach and coach about 
I, I was I was so passionate about doing this. I was, you know, raised my standards. And I was like, oh, I can live however I want. So how do I want to live? You know, what do I want to look like? And I immediately at 300 pounds started looking at bodybuilders and looking at muscular guys. I'm like, I would love to look like that, you know? And so for the first year, I just, I got on an elliptical. That's it. I, that was I, it. That was I your, joined, that was your action choice. Yeah. Yeah. I, I joined a gym the next day. I'd never wow. worked out. I walked, I signed up, I walked in and I saw a woman on the elliptical right in front of me and I saw the movement. Right. And, and I was like, I, I understand that movement. Like, I, I, <laughs> no, no, like no coaching needed. I, I don't need form. That. I'm good. Yeah. I, I'm going to look like a walrus doing it, but I, I'm going to do it. And so I got an elliptical and I, I probably only, I don't remember, but I probably only made it like seven or eight minutes and I'm mm. packing and, you know, and I, I, I can remember I, <laughs> I got off the elliptical after like seven minutes. I went outside and lit up a cigarette before I even got to my car. <laughs> but what happened was I got into my car and I said to myself, you just did it. Like what you just accomplished if you just invest into this, you're, you're going to get there. Like, this is how you're going to do it. And, and so the first thing was I, I cut out the regular soda. I went to diet. Like, I still was drinking a ton of soda, but so I went to diet. really small incremental steps. I mean, these oh, yeah. were small changes. You weren't, it wasn't a radical, I'll never touch it again. Oh, heck no. No, I was still smoking for like a month into my journey. Yeah. I, I you know, I, I highly cut down the alcohol consumption. I switched to diet soda. Um, we were still eating. Like my wife is beautiful. She's never had a weight problem. My, my kids luckily never had a weight problem, but we were, you know, at that point we were penny pinching, we were eating hamburger helper and you know, yeah, all this. Stuff. Yeah. And so I was still eating like the cheesy, cheesy burger burritos that we'd make, you know, and, and instead of eating like three of them, I'd, I'd eat one and just these little changes, you know, and then it, I, the weight started falling off because well, I was eating less, I was yeah. exercising and the seven minutes turned into 10, which turned into 15, which turned into 30. And, and before you know it, a year was gone and I was down a hundred pounds. So you, it took you a year to lose it. Actually a little less. It took me about nine and a half months to lose a hundred pounds. Amazing. So you were very um, entrenched with this journey. You, you, at some point you were no longer limping in, you were all in. Oh, I was all in. Yeah. And when yeah. did you start to incorporate weights to, 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 to rebuild the muscle size? After about a year, really, um, it was it yeah. was pretty much all cardio. The first, the weight all loss was connected to cardio. Yeah, oh, 100 percent, wow. cardio and, and nutrition, and I lost 100 pounds. And and in the meantime, I was going to bodybuilding forums online, and I was buying the magazines. And finally, I was like, you know what? I my body looks different. <laughs> like it does. I'm wearing different clothes. And I said, I'm gonna next next step. I'm gonna go into that other side of the gym, the scary side of the gym. <laughs> and, Man, I'll tell you what, I, I lifted my first weight and never looked back. Ah, you just felt, you just loved it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's awesome, dude. Well, then you found your purpose, right? I did. The rest was just a holding place, man. That's right. Yeah, at, at, you know, I've been, I've been, it's been 13 years since I made that first step. And, uh, and I have never looked back. I mean, I, even before I got into the fitness industry, I got my personal training certificate just because I wanted it just yeah. because I could, you know, yeah. Yeah. and, uh, and then I bought a gym and I trained people and, and sold that gym and then went doing online training. And so now for the last five years, I've been all online. Um, I do, I will train in person, but it costs a tremendous amount of money. <laughs> Where are you based out of again? SoCal, right? Yeah. I'm just North of LA. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. And so, um, in fact, all the, uh, most, most of the, uh, uh, 
uh, in-person training I've done has been uh, out of the country. You know, very high ticket clients that are, you know, they'll, they'll ship me somewhere and, oh and we'll get together. Oh my gosh, wow. Cool. And so, um, but a lot of what I do is on mindset. I mean, I, yes, I do their nutrition. Yes, I do their fitness. But the coaching time that we spend is on most of what we've been talking here today. We didn't talk about form and yeah. rep ranges. Yeah. We didn't talk about calories and macros. Yeah. We talked a lot about mindset. And when you've got a massive amount of weight to lose or you want to make any sort of transformation in your life, it comes down to this, your mind. Yeah, it does. And, and I know what you're saying is true, that, it, <clears throat> that everything around gets better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I just wonder, I, there's a, the thing that creeps in my mind is, um, why did I wait so damn long, you know? Why you can't do that to yourself. Don't do that to yourself. But why didn't we can't I have it figured out earlier, man? Maybe I could have <laughs> had abs in my 30s. I don't know if I can get them at 50, but, but people oh, can, can right, dude? People can. Oh, oh, 100%. Yeah, you can get them. You can get them. I mean, I've taken multiple clients from morbidly obese to competing, competing in bodybuilding shows. And, and in, in, in um, you know, even 40s, 50s, yeah. Mm. It's totally possible. You can take it however far you want. Well, dude, it's been a pleasure to meet with you and talk to you, and I appreciate your, you, you going there with me. I know I talked a lot about myself today, but I appreciate you listening and, and helping and reinforcing me and giving everybody good advice. It's Jeremy Reed Fitness. Follow him at Jerry, Jeremy Reed Fitness on Instagram, too. He's got a great page. I love those before and afters. I mean, it's one thing to hear someone say I was 300 pounds, but you post the pictures, man. Yeah. You were yeah, a big boy. I was a big boy, and now I'm a big boy in a different way. And oh, dude, you're it, shredded now. It's awesome. It, it yeah. makes it much more. Uh, it, it makes it much more impactful to see those before and afters when it's so drastically different. Yeah. yeah, it's killer. Listen, I appreciate it, Jeremy. It was a pleasure to meet you. A pleasure to talk to you. I can't wait to visit with you in person, and uh, and I'll see you down the road, my man. Awesome. Thank you, Matt. Cool. You got it. All right, we're clear. Thanks, buddy. Cool. I feel, like okay I, talked, I feel like I talked too much about myself on that one, but... No, it was good. Did, did, did you get the content from me that you were looking for? Yeah, totally. I mean, um, listen, I, you know, guys that are in shape know what we're talking about, and guys that aren't in shape um, need to figure it out, dude. Look, the thing that really set me apart was the last time I went to my doctor, and I've been going to him for a long time. He's a good guy, and he tells me how it is. He's like, hey, uh, he's like, we're done. I said, okay, cool. Good to see you. He's like, oh, hey, I just want to leave you with one thing. He says, um, ask yourself, how many 80-year-old, 300-pound men do you know? <laughs> I, go, I, I go, I don't. He goes, there aren't any, dude. They don't live, 300-pound men don't live till 80. Get it straight, man. You yeah. Know? So. You know, that, the, the other fitness guy you had on, I was shaking my head when he said, he said something like, well, chances are you're going to need some sort of hardcore diagnosis like cancer or a heart attack to take action. And I'm just, man, that's not the, that's not the message that I, I want to put out there. You know, it's like we all have the power to make changes today. Yeah. If you want it, let's go after it. Let's take ownership and go after it, you know. And- yeah, but, dude, your insight is so, is so key because um, if you've never been big, you don't know the struggle, man. Yeah, yeah, you, you know? can't empathize, and that's what makes me, you know, yeah. I, amazing at what I do really is it because it comes through on the camera too dude it comes through that you are here to help the person you're doing the video for it's crystal clear to me good yeah. good thank you okay buddy I'll see you down the road that's our episode this week with your host Matt Monero check us out every Friday at 12 p.m. central as we discuss money your life and how you need more money